Get ready, America. This is Declaring Liberty. Hello, my friends, and welcome once again to Declaring Liberty. On today's show, we will be discussing illegal immigration and how it is completely out of control, as you already know, of course. We'll be talking about alien hybrids and how they are going to save us from climate change. And also, a gay college student comes out during his valedictorian speech at graduation. So let's get right to it with illegal immigration. Got a story here from Breitbart from the Census Bureau. Immigration driving half of the U.S. population growth. Immigration to the United States is now driving nearly half of all population growth in the country instead of increased birth rates. The latest Census Bureau estimates on the U.S. population reveal that about 48.5% of all population growth is driven by the country's mass illegal and legal immigration policy, where more than 1.5 million foreign nationals are admitted to the country every year. All right. Look, we cannot sustain this level of immigration, even if it were legal immigration. But of course, it's not. Most of it is illegal immigration. And we don't even really know what the numbers are on illegal immigration are. Just last month alone, Border Patrol apprehended more than 100,000 illegal aliens and of course promptly released them into the United States because that's what we do as a country. Uh, When people come here illegally, we just catch them. We take their names basically, give them a court date for three to five years in the future and just give them a pat on the head and send them on their merry way uh, to just disappear into the country. Of course, when their court date comes three to five years later, number one, 95% of them aren't going to show up anyway, and we won't go and look for them. And we, you know, under law, we should be deporting them just for failure to appear alone by ignoring a court order. But we don't look for them. And even if we... Even if they do show up to their hearing, they're not going to be deported. They're just going to come in, but, oh, I have a job now, and, oh, and if they have a kid, forget about it. If they've dropped a kid in the last three to five years, well, their kid's an American citizen. They're not going to get deported. So this whole thing is a joke. Um, Well, it would be a joke if it weren't so serious. What's happening is the country is, is being destroyed in real time by a mass invasion of foreigners from the third world. That's the other thing, too, about this wave of immigration. We are not experiencing a wave of immigration of, you know, the best the world has to offer. These are people fleeing their own personal poverty in these horrible countries, and these countries are happy to have these people leave. They're deep. These countries are deporting, basically, their underclass to us to become our underclass. And because of our ridiculous, you know, welfare laws, they all come here and they get on welfare. 
and they get free health care. And, and the American schmucks, you and I, the taxpayers, get to subsidize all of this. And beyond the economic part of it is the cultural part of it, the societal part of it. We cannot assimilate people in these numbers. You know, this idea of the melting pot from the late 18th and early 19th century waves of migration, that is no longer the case. Because our numbers are are so staggeringly huge, we cannot assimilate these people. And on top of it, many of them come and as opposed to prior waves of immigration from the late 19th and early 20th centuries, many of, of the people that are coming have no intention of becoming Americanized. They're just coming here for the benefits, either a job or welfare or whatever. They're not coming here because they're wanting to become Americans, many of them. I'm sure there are some that are, obviously, but many of them are not. You know, back in, in, the, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, it was a big deal to come over here, especially from Europe or other parts of the world. You had to get on a, on a boat and cross the ocean. There was no, you know, there was no email. You couldn't keep in constant contact with family members back in the old country. You were leaving that all behind permanently. You were cutting ties and coming to America to become an American. Now we have people who come and go. You know, they, they walk over from Mexico. They go back whenever they want to to visit family or friends that haven't already come here. And so there's, there's, there's no leaving. It's, it's not a big deal. They're not cutting ties to the home country. They come here and they're waving flags from the countries that they left. They come and, and uh, they have no intention of assimilating. And if, you know, assimilation is, is difficult enough. Learning a new language is difficult enough. Learning the customs and the, you know, all that is difficult enough in terms of the time it takes and the, and, and the seriousness that you have to bring to it if, if you're really going to become an American. But when you come and you have absolutely no intention of becoming an American, you're just here for a job or welfare benefits, there's no assimilation happening, or very little. We cannot assimilate these numbers. And so what we're doing is we're balkanizing this country. We are, we are tribalizing this country. And do, I, do, I really, do we really need to even acknowledge the obvious fact I mean, do we need to state it? Or I mean, we ignore these things. The obvious fact is that you cannot maintain a cohesive society when you're tribalizing it, when you're balkanizing it into little ethnic enclaves here and there with no assimilation. And then on top of it, to make matters much worse, you have a Democrat party who seeks to encourage that and exploit it for political gain. So the Democrats love the fact that there's no assimilation because that helps them pit group against group. You know, there's not just one group of, of Americans. There's all these little tribal groups. 
And when you have all these little tribal groups of ethnic foreigners, you can, you can make them hate your native population. And once you get enough of these foreigners and their children who, when they're born on American soil because we are fools and give them citizenship, they are U.S. citizens and they can vote in our elections. And many of the illegals are voting in our elections too. So you tribalize people, you balkanize people, you pit groups against group, and you let as many people in as possible, overwhelm the system, and then hopefully you reach a tipping point and you combine your native American, you know, not Native American, but your native population, American leftists who vote Democrat, and you combine them with the ethnic tribal groups that you've been balkanizing from the rest of society and, and indoctrinating them to believe that America is racist and America hates you and you can't get by in America unless you support the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party will protect you. So you add the American leftists to the a group of balkanized, tribalized, you know, ethnic groups that you've taught to hate America. You combine those, and once, you, once you've reached majority with those two groups, you know, you take over the country. And that's what's happening. And we are very close to the tipping point. I've warned about this over and over. I will continue to warn about this because I am one of the few people who are warning about this. Which drives me nuts, frankly. Many people on, you know, I don't expect leftists to give a damn to recognize this. Well, even if they did recognize it, they wouldn't give a, they wouldn't give a damn. This is what they want because it gives them political power. But the problem, what really drives me nuts, is that people on our side, Republicans, conservatives, whatever, uh, don't get this. They don't get it. Why? Well, because Trump's president. And everything's great. And he's playing 4D chess. And he's the, world's, you know, he's the smartest negotiator in world history. And just trust the plan. He's got a plan. And uh, everything's going to come in. You know, the deep state are all going to be prosecuted. And the border wall is going to be built. And all immigration, illegal immigration is going to be stopped. And everything's going to be perfect because Trump's in office. Well, this is fantasy land crap. It's not happening. It's not going to happen that way. If Trump was serious about the border, he would have done a lot more than he's doing. Current federal law, and I've talked about this. Go, go back a couple episodes. I've talked about this. Um, he's not doing all he can under current immigration law. This catch and release nonsense, that's not what, that's not what current immigration law requires. It's not. Open oh, mark the courts. Even the court orders don't say that. Even this Flora settlement, which is outdated and doesn't need to be enforced any longer, doesn't require catch and release as we are practicing it. On top of that, asylum, which is driving a lot of this illegal immigration, these phony claims of asylum, is completely discretionary and the president has full statutory authority to shut down the entire process anytime he wants. We don't have to be processing any asylum requests. 
So when these people are caught, I told you over 100,000 caught last month alone. When these people, and it's not like they have to be caught. They're surrendering to Border Patrol. They are exploiting a ridiculous law. So they come here, and not just our laws, how we are enforcing our laws, or better said, not enforcing our laws. They know that in practice, all they got to do is get here, go up to a Border Patrol agent and say, hey, I surrender myself, I'm requesting asylum. That's, that's what they're doing. It's not like they're, the, most of these people are being hunted down and caught. They're surrendering at the border. And so let me tell you something. Even erecting an entire border wall across the entire Mexican-U.S. border isn't going to stop that. Because people are coming at ports of entry and surrendering themselves, saying they're requesting asylum. And, and nine times out of ten, they're bogus claims. That's more than that. They're bogus claims of asylum. And on top of that... Our law requires that non-contiguous countries, meaning countries of Central and South America, other than Mexico, are required to request asylum at the first safe country they encounter. Well, that is not going to be the United States. So these people coming up from Mexico, they need to be requesting asylum in Mexico. We should be just sending them back because they're not even properly requesting asylum. But on top of that, the res- most of the asylum claims are bogus. And on top of that, we don't need to be taking any asylum claims. If Trump were serious, he'd shut, shut it down now completely, which he could do. But he's not doing it. There's a lot more that he could be doing as well. I talked about that before. That's not the point. Uh, my point today. The point today is... That we're watching the country balkanize itself, tribalize itself, and ultimately destroy itself. And politically, that's, that's what's going to happen. We are fast approaching a tipping point. What happened to California is happening to other states. Other states have already flipped just like California did and for the same reasons California did. Nevada flipped. It's a Democrat state now. Colorado flipped. Virginia flipped. And there are several other states that are flipping. Arizona, I've t- you heard the ones that I'm most concerned about. I've said it over and over again. Arizona, Texas, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina. They're all on the verge of going. If we just lose Texas, it's all over. And I've got a story today that the uh, Republican Party chairman in Texas, a guy named James Dickey, is warning about Trump possibly losing the state of Texas in 2020. And certainly warning that beyond that, we're in deep trouble. We are, we are facing the real possibility of the Democrats getting control of Texas. I've been warning you guys about this. I lived in Texas for a lot of years. I was a prosecutor in Texas. I know Texas. I know it well. We are losing Texas. Texas has been... Look, Texas was a solid red state for, for quite a while. But it has not been a Republican state forever. It was only in the early 90s that it really flipped from Democrat to Republican. And now it's flipping back. During the, the, the 90s and 2000s, Texas was a reliable Republican state. But for the last 15 years or so, it's been flipping the other way, and our margins are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And as you saw in the Beto O'Rourke Ted Cruz race, 
Ted Cruz only won by 2.6%. Now, there were other things involved in that race. Yes. But the idea that this nobody, this empty suit buffoon, came within 2.6% of winning that race should concern you. And you can cite things that made that race unique and, and those things would be true. But don't let those things fool you. The state is trending left and it has been for a long time. And we are fast approach, approaching the moment when it flips blue. And when it flips blue, it's going to go the way of California. It's going to keep going further and further left. Austin, Texas is going to be Texas writ large. It's going to look more like California than it does like Texas today in 20 years. I guarantee it. You watch. It's happening. We've got leftists from California coming to Texas because, you know, Texas governors for the last 20 years have been courting big tech companies from California to relocate to Texas. And they've been quite successful because, of course, Texas has a a friendly business climate and obviously California does not. And so these companies have been moving to Texas to take advantage of that. The problem is they take all their leftist employees and their leftist culture with them. And this has helped to turn you know, Texas further and further to the left. You add that with a massive illegal immigration that you have in Texas, and, and we're losing that state. Oh, but Mark, illegal aliens can't vote. Uh, first of all, we all know that illegal aliens do vote. But more importantly, um, these illegal aliens are having children, and those children are American citizens, And so we have American citizens who will be able to vote once they reach the age of 18, and many of them are turning 18 and have turned 18 already. But these are Americans growing up in families, in illegal alien families. How do you think they're going to vote? There's no question how they're going to vote. Yes, some of them will vote Republican, but the overwhelming majority of these Americans who are growing up in illegal alien households are going to vote Democrat. And they're American citizens, so you can't stop them from voting. And so we've got this, you know, we've got Texas GOP chairman warning, warning us, hey, hello, look at us down here in Texas. We're going blue. Wake the hell up, people. Once we lose Texas, it's over. Because... No Republican can be elected president without winning Texas. Doesn't matter what else happens. Doesn't matter. There's no path to victory in the Electoral College for a Republican that does not include Texas. You take Texas out, you give it to the Democrats, we're done. At that point, you basically will have a one-party Democrat-controlled federal government. At least in the presidency. And once you have the presidency... Uh, who do you think appoints Supreme Court justices? And so pretty soon, the Supreme Court will be packed with leftists. You'll have the courts, you'll have the presidency. Hey, maybe every once in a while you might control one house of Congress or maybe two houses of Congress. Whoopie-doo. We just had two houses of, con- uh, of Congress in Republican control uh, the last two years until the 2018 elections. And what did they do? Nothing. 
And if you have a Democrat president, how much is going to happen from the Republican side of things? Nothing. Even if they do pass something good, which, you know, that's yet to be seen. We had we had Congress for two years. They did virtually virtually nothing. They couldn't even repeal Obamacare for crying out loud. So even if, even if they did pass something good, it's just going to get vetoed. So we'll have Democrats controlling the courts, the Democrats controlling the White House, and maybe, you know, a pathetic, neutered Republican House or Senate or both every once in a while. That's what we'll have. And this country will be done. Hello, Green New Deal. Hello, socialized health care. Hello, free college for everybody. Hello, massive economic collapse. And, you know, no, certainly there will be no border security. The illegal alien invasion will continue as far as the eye will see. We will basically have no borders. And if you have no borders, you basically have no country. So that's, that's where we're headed. That's, that's what's going to be our future if we lose Texas. And the party chairman, uh, the state party chairman in Texas is warning us that we are looking at that possibility which I've been telling you for a long time and virtually nobody else has because, you know, everything's great because Trump's in office. Like he's, you know, he's got some sort of superhero magic powers or something. He's one guy. Okay? First of all, he's not even doing everything he can and even if he was, he's just one guy in one branch of government. This is an American people problem. We just elected Democrats to the House of Representatives in the midst of an illegal alien invasion. We gave the House of Representatives to the Democrats. This is not a serious population of people in this country that that we would do that. This is not a country who understands the problems we face. Look at Social Security, Medicare. These programs relied upon by millions and millions of people are going broke. And at the same time they're going broke, we want to add, we want to spend $93 trillion on a Green New Deal. Well, the Democrats do. They want to give free health care to everybody, including illegal aliens. They want to give free college to everybody. We're not even taking care of our own people and we want to give free everything to illegal aliens. We got states all around the country giving in-state tuition to illegal aliens and driver's licenses to illegal aliens. Meanwhile, we don't even properly take care of our vets. And, And the American people just gave the Democrats control of the House of Representatives? This is not a serious... This is not a serious people. The American people, you know... I am, you are, there's millions of us. But on balance, it's hard hard to make the case that the American people are serious about the problems we face. There would be no question about the election outcome in 2020 if this were a serious people. Certainly the Democrats would not have won in 2018 if this were a serious people. I think somebody's here, my dog's barking. So you see, we've got, a, we've got a serious problem, my friends. A serious problem. Uh, 98,000 illegal aliens graduating from U.S. high schools every year. 
98,000 illegal aliens. That means they weren't born here. They're here illegally. Because if they were just if they were born here to illegal aliens, they'd be American citizens. So this 98,000, because I'm looking at another story by uh, John Bender at Breitbart, came out uh, 28 April. Okay, so 98,000 illegal aliens graduating from U.S. high schools every year. That obviously does not include the children of illegal aliens. That's going to be a much higher number. Because the children of illegal aliens, if they were born here, are American citizens. This current wave of illegal aliens flooding this country has been going on for years and years. We were fighting over a border fence during George W. Bush's term. They tried to pass an amnesty bill back then. This has been a serious problem for well over a decade. Well over a decade. So we have, we've had illegal aliens living here for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. They have kids here. They're American citizens. Some of them are already old enough to vote. Many of them soon will be. Do the math, people. Ted Cruz wins by just 2.6%. How many illegal aliens are there? In Texas. How many children, American citizen children of illegal aliens are there in Texas? How many of them will soon be able to vote? How many leftists from California and other liberal states are moving to Texas? It's no wonder that Ted Cruz only won by 2.6%. There's no, it's no, this is no mystery. And you're only kidding yourself if you're telling telling yourself that, oh, it was just because well, of the media. The media gave Beto so much attention. And he got so much money. The money. Yeah, those were factors. The overriding factor is that Texas is going blue. It is. And so far, nothing is stopping this. Nothing. The illegal immigration problem is worse than it's ever been. It's worse than when Trump took office by a long shot. I mean, it's much worse than when Trump took office. And it's showing absolute. And Trump, he's not talking about increasing the things that he can do. He's not, taking about, he's not talking about taking further steps under the law that he can do right now. He just continues to blame Democrats. This is just about his reelection. I'm sorry to tell you, folks. I, have, I can draw no other conclusion. President Trump is not stupid. The people in his administration are not stupid. They can read the law. And it's not just the courts shutting him down on things. That, that's certainly a factor. But they haven't shut him down on everything. And the ways in which they've shut him down have been limited. The point is there's much more that he could be doing. And don't give me, oh, but the courts will just strike him down. Well, yeah, they might. Some crazy left-wing district judge somewhere might. And then you can either ignore it, you can fight it, you can go to another judge, you can appeal it. But the point is you have to try. We can't just say, oh, well, some stupid, you know, left-wing hack district judge might put an injunction in place. Well, don't give me might. Do it. 
And then if some judge strikes you down, then fight that. But at least do everything you can. And we're not doing it. Because this is about 2020. Trump was elected on illegal immigration. He wants to be reelected in part on illegal immigration. The issue was gold for him in 2016. This is going to be a tight election. His re-election is not assured. And you people are deluding yourselves if you think he's going to have a cakewalk. Here's the other thing I'm hearing a lot. Because all these leftists are batshit crazy, right? We can all agree on this. All these Democrat candidates are nuts. And people look at that and say, well, pfft, America's not going to elect one of these people. They're nuts. The American people aren't going to know that they're nuts. Okay? Right now... Nobody, nobody's paying attention. Very few. Just the, the you know, the political, the, the politicals like us. You know, the political junkies like us. We're paying attention. The political junkie, crazy leftists on the other side are paying attention. Those are the people who are going to decide the nomination. Those are the people who have all the energy on that side. The crazies. But once that nomination is secured by whoever it is. That person is going to start sounding like a moderate to win the general election. And the media is going to help them sound like a moderate. They're not going to do stories about all the crazy left-wing positions they've been taking for, you know, you know, right now that we're in the midst of. They're not going to tell you that every one of these Democrat candidates uh, supports AOC's Green New Deal. They're not going to tell you that every one of them wants to abolish the Electoral College or pack the Supreme Court. No, 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 no. They're going to talk about how crazy Trump is, how evil Trump is, how racist Trump is, and they're going to talk about health care. And they're not going to use words like socialized medicine and government takeover. They're going to use their little poll-tested terms. And the Democrat uh, media are going to help them. So the American people aren't going to know that they're batshit crazy. Look, Obama was batshit crazy. And to this day, most of the American people don't think that he was. And I don't mean batshit crazy in terms of personality. I'm, t I'm talking in terms of policy. This is a guy who got elected saying he wanted to fundamentally transform the United States. There's nothing more batshit crazy than that. Fundamentally change the United States. It means you hate the country as it is and you want to completely change it. That's batshit crazy, my friends. That is way out there. But even to this day, because of the media, people don't look at Obama as extreme. And whoever this nominee is, the media is going to, to do their best, working in cooperation with the candidate, to present that person to the American people as a moderate, serious, sober mature alternative to the crazy reckless Donald Trump. That's what it's going to be. So don't don't make yourself don't lie to yourself and think that this is going to be a cakewalk to re-election for Trump because these people are nuts. The American people won't know they're nuts. Now, on to let me see here. Oh yeah, this is a good one. Oxford University professor claims that aliens are already breeding with humans on Earth. And Oxford University, this is in the, uh, the Sun, uh, the UK Sun. An Oxford University professor has claimed, did you get that? Oxford. 
This isn't some fringe, loony college professor somewhere in some, you know, hayseed school you never heard of before. This is Oxford University. An Oxford University professor has claimed aliens are already breeding with humans to create a new hybrid species that will save the planet. Dr. Young Hai Chi, an instructor in Korean at Oxford's Oriental Institute. I thought we weren't allowed to say Oriental anymore. I thought we had to say Asian. Yep, yeah, whatever. At Oxford's Oriental Institute, part of the prestigious university, thinks this new species will save Earth from annihilation from, wait for it, climate change. Dr. Chi first said the hybrids may already exist in a lecture in 2012, but has now written a book on the subject. He believes there is a strong correlation between climate change and alien abductions, the Oxford student newspaper has reported. What's the name of the student newspaper? Uh, why didn't I have that? Oh, the Oxford student. Oh, there he is, Dr. Hai Chi. His book, written in Korean, is called Alien Visitations and the End of Humanity. He says that he has identified four types of aliens. Small, tall and bold, scaly with snake eyes, and insect-like. Dr. Chi believes the insect aliens may be in charge and give orders to the other types. The aliens exist in their own biosystem that humans cannot experience because of our perception is limited by our organs, the professor has claimed. As the aliens are said to be highly intelligent, so Dr. Chi believes they could solve the problems on Earth in the future, such as climate change. He said, quote, so they come not for the sake of us, but for the sake of them, their survival. But their survival is actually our survival as well, the survival of the entire biosphere. Dr. Chi said he was, quote, still looking for more evidence to support my view. Oh, okay. So he doesn't have any evidence, but he just knows that the aliens are here interbreeding with humans to create a hybrid species in order to save us from the climate change that we cause by driving SUVs. Okay, uh, these, it, it goes without saying to comment that these, these people are nuts, but this is also a good, because uh, this, this dovetails well with what I tell you often about college professors. First of all, this guy is a, Korean, a professor of Korean, right? So I'm guessing that means he teaches the language, right? He teaches Korean because it doesn't say Korean studies or anything like that. It's just Korean. So I guess he's a language professor. But because he is a professor, that means he's an expert in everything. He teaches a language. So that means he's an expert on climate change, on alien visitations or whatever else he wants. Um, uh, th but this is this is how professors operate. They get their little PhD or whatever. They get their title professor, and suddenly they think they're. Of course, this is we're talking about Nutsoville here. But take the Nutsoville out of it. Just take your average professor. You know, could be a statistics professor, biology professor, English lit professor. Doesn't matter. On your typical college campus, 
You know, they're all a bunch of left wingers, no matter what department they are, uh, for for the most part. And because they have captive audiences in their classes, and they are a doctor, don't you know? So that's that's very impressive. They're they're smarter than you. They're much smarter than you are. And because they're a doctor, uh, they have their little PhD or whatever the hell they have. They are an expert on everything. So that's why you get your English lit professor pontificating on constitutional law. Because getting your doctorate in English lit makes you also an expert in constitutional law, political theory, and all the rest. And so they can just go off, take their English lit class, take 40 minutes, and just rail against Trump because they're an expert in all things. This also shows you how... Look, these left, these professors, they're no smarter than anyone else. They've just decided to go and get a degree. That's it. I mean, look at this guy. He's a nut. And he's an Oxford professor. He's got no evidence. But he, he know, he's identified four different types of aliens. I don't know if they're all interbreeding. He doesn't say. Just says they're interbreeding and the insect guys are in charge. Are the insect guys in charge? Or was it the scaly snake-eyed people? Or the short, or the, what are the, small, tall and bold, scaly with snake eyes and insect-like. Oh, yeah. Dr. Chi believes the insect aliens may be in charge. And they give the orders to the others. And, of course, they live in some sort of biosphere that here on Earth that we cannot detect because we are reliant upon our organs to perceive reality. Okay, this guy's a kook, and he's a professor at Oxford. But because he's an, a professor at Oxford, we must take him very seriously, because he is smarter than we are, because he's an Oxford professor. And remember, Pete Buttick puke went to Oxford. He was a Rhodes Scholar. So he went to Oxford, and he's smarter than you too. Because he went to Oxford. And so anytime someone has gone to one of these prestigious universities. Prestigious for what reason I have no idea. Other than they have this reputation of being prestigious. If they've gone to them. They're, they're smarter than you or I. Who didn't. So anyone who went to Harvard is smarter than you. Unless you went to Harvard. But if you're a conservative. You're not as smart as them. Because all conservatives are stupid. So it was just a fluke that you got into Harvard. So if they, if they went to Harvard, Yale, whatever, they're smarter than you. Just remember that. So remember, uh, when you see Butta Puke, the Rhodes Scholar we're supposed to be so impressed with, his sheer... Here's another thing. They tell us people like Butta Puke are, are brilliant because they're an Oxford Rhodes Scholar, right? Or somebody that went to Harvard or, or whatever. Cory Booker went to Yale Law School, I think. Um, and these people are all just brilliant because of the school they went to. If they're so smart, how come none of them have an original thought about anything? Um, excuse me, just my, um, my voice is a little off. I'm all stuffed up. I'm fighting a little bit of a cold, so bear with me. Hold on. Ah, that's better. Now... Why do none of them have an original thought? They all say exactly the same thing. And so you have 
these brilliant Rhodes Scholars and Yale Law graduates saying the exact same th stupid things as Alexandria Estupida Cortez or any other leftist. But none of them has an original thought. All the exact same thing. You would think that one of these brilliant people might come up with a new thought every now and then. But they don't. They all say the exact same thing. Just keep this in mind. Because all of this crap are myths. They're, they're, they're narratives created by the media. And now you see this, this scandal. This higher, this higher ed admissions scandal. People buying their way in. And then, of course, you got affirmative action. We've got all kinds of people who are getting into prestigious schools all the time, not for academic aptitude or intellect, but for other reasons. We know it. And just because, eh, whatever, I don't want to go on a whole thing about higher ed, but I do think it's funny that you have an Oxford professor telling us about reptilian aliens controlling all these other aliens who are already here on Earth and they're breeding with us in order to save us from climate change. This is crackpot stuff, and this guy's an Oxford professor. So, but make of that what you will. Now, on to, oh, we'll stay with the college theme. The Got us. Speaker for Brigham Young University's. I hate these web pages that auto load videos and just start playing. Um, I got an article here from The Hill. BYU student commencement speaker comes out as gay during speech. A speaker at Brigham Young University's commencement ceremony on Friday came out as gay midway through his speech, according to the Salt Lake Tribune. Political science valedictorian Matt Easton, laying out his personal achievements and experiences leading up to the graduation, said that he is proud to be a gay son of God. While coming to terms with blah, 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 blah. All right, it's the whole point of what he said, I don't really care the specifics. The point is, you know, we, we use these euphemisms. Come out as gay. Well, what does that mean, come out? He came out. Well, it means he's telling us about his sex life. That's what it means. That's just a, you know, a euphemistic way of saying it. He's telling about his sex life. Basically, I'm a guy and I am sexually attracted to other guys. That's what he's saying. Uh, anyone else sick of this crap? I'm sick of this crap. And this has nothing to do with a commentary about gay people. I don't care that you're gay. This is 20... I got a news for you. It's 2019. Nobody cares that you're gay. It's not a problem. You're not oppressed. It doesn't take great courage to come out and tell us that you're attracted to the same sex as you are. It doesn't take any courage. It's boring at this point. We don't care. Fine, you're gay. We don't care. Okay? Are there some anti-gay people? I hate using the word homophobe, you know, because no one's scared because someone's gay. So that's not even an accurate term, homophobe. Nobody's scared. They, do, they don't like gay. They might be anti-gay. You know, they don't like homosexuals for whatever reason, the prejudice. Yes, that exists. But for the most part, uh, nobody cares. By and large, in America today, nobody gives a damn. You're gay? Be gay! 
Live your life. You can get married now. Go get married. Live your life. Nobody cares. You don't see heterosexuals standing up at a commencement ceremony and telling everybody that they're heterosexual. Although maybe they should start because it's... It, it, it might be better to assume that everyone's gay because it, more and more it seems like heterosexuality is the minority sexual orientation in this country. At least that's that's the perception you would get if you just watched the media all the time and you didn't know that homosexuals represent maybe 3% of the population. You would think it would be more like 60 or 70% based on media attention. So maybe... Commencement speakers and speakers at any occasion should drop in their speech that they're actually heterosexual if they are. Otherwise, people might just assume that you're gay because it seems like the whole world is gay now. But seriously, anyone else sick of this crap? I'm sick of it. Nobody cares. Stop shoving it in our face. And why is it socially acceptable to get up in a commencement ceremony and start talking about your sex life? A heterosexual person wouldn't do this, and he sure as hell wouldn't be applauded if he did, as this person was. So you go to see your son or daughter graduate, you gotta sit through all of that crap. I mean, Jesus. Commencement ceremonies are like the worst thing to go to. But you go, because you gotta go, and you sit there, you gotta listen to the idiot president drone on about what other whatever platitudes... Then you got to listen to whatever idiot left-wing speaker they brought because, of course, conservative speakers aren't allowed. And because college is just about pushing a political agenda, nearly all the speakers are political to one degree or another. So you got to sit there and listen to a, to a, to a left-wing speaker that they invited. So you get the privilege of paying $50,000 a year to send your kid to this school. Then as a final insult, you got to go listen to the idiot president, listen to some speaker that you helped pay for, you know, talk about left-wing politics. Then you got to hear this commencement guy talk about his sex life, this valedictorian. Why do people, uh, why is that, and then you clap. Yay! He's gay! Yay! How ridiculous is this? I thought what happens in in the privacy of your own bedroom is private and stays in the bedroom. It's none of your business. It's none of your business what I do in the privacy of my bedroom. Just because I'm gay, it's none of your business. Well, that's no longer the case. Not only is it our business, apparently we must accept it. And we must applaud. Yay! He's gay. He's so brave. We have a presidential candidate who's now like number three in the polls. Some 37-year-old nobody of some nobody little mid-sized town in Indiana is now number three in the polls for the Democrat nomination for president of the United States. And the only reason why he is is because he's gay. So let's be honest. Uh, it doesn't take any courage to say that you're gay. In fact, it gets you applauded. It gets you promoted. You're a big hero for coming out as gay. So it wasn't hard for this little, whatever, is Matt Easton to stand up and tell everybody that he's gay. He got a round of applause. 
He gets covered in the national news. He's a big hero. Why? Because he likes to have sex with other guys. That's what we're talking about. And I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. I don't care. Do what you want. But why do I got to hear about it? I don't tell you about it. I sure as hell wouldn't get up and start, you know, reminding everybody, hey, guess what? I like women. Oh, I like women. And uh, I've always liked women. And uh, I like boobs. I like boobs. I like women. And yeah, uh, I got really good grades, so I'm standing up here as valedictorian. And because I am, I wanted to make sure you all know that I like chicks. Nobody would do that. No heterosexual person would do that. But we're all supposed to applaud and uh, treat anyone who comes out now as a conquering hero. This is absurd. Nobody cares. So that's what I have to say about that. Um, let's see. Okay, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, if you're listening to this uh, on the website, DeclaringLiberty.com, make sure that you also do two things. One... Sign up for free to receive alerts from DeclaringLiberty.com. You'll see it over there on the right-hand side of the website if you're viewing it on a desktop or laptop. Or if you're on a mobile device, just scroll down to the bottom and you'll see it somewhere where you can sign up for notifications anytime something is posted on DeclaringLiberty.com. You could also do the same at MarkPantano.com. That's where I post articles and other things. So uh, sign up for free at both of those websites. I don't do anything with your emails. In fact, I don't even see your emails. It's all done uh, through WordPress. You're just put on a list. You can unsubscribe anytime you want, and you will only be contacted when I post something. Also, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app to Declaring Liberty, to the podcast. Uh, that way, it is automatically delivered to your podcast app, whether it's iTunes or Apple Podcast, as it's called now, Stitcher, iTunes, oh, I said iTunes, Stitcher, uh, what is it, TuneIn, um, it's, we're on Spotify, you know, we're in a lot of places, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you want to get bonus episodes, uh, which I occasionally post, or if you want to just help this podcast uh, continue to grow. You can subscribe over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Mark Pantano. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, and uh, that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed. Take care. And remember, continue to fight the left like your freedom depends on it. Because it does.